Welcome to the Dwellness Podcast. I'm Ruth Steinmetz. And I'm Brian Steinmetz. Join us on our journey to discover the connections between physical and mental well-being and our dwellings. Welcome back to the Dwellness Podcast. Uh, Brian and I have been out for a couple of weeks, uh, so we haven't been able to... Hmm. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been quite rough. Um, We had our first um, infection, uh, COVID infection. I didn't think I was ever going to get COVID. (laughs) And that's that's probably why we got it, too, because, you know... Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we were batting a thousand up until like last week mm-hmm. and, uh, just came down with, a with a pretty righteous batch of it. And, um, but we survived, we lived to see another day and, uh, we're back in the studio now. Yes. Yes. Thank God. Thank uh, God. We, yeah. we made it through and, uh, uh, with it came like, uh, a serious bout of, uh, migraines for me. So uh, that was, was really, it's really brutal. I'm still not out of the woods yet, but, um. I'm feeling much, much better now. <laughs> I can sit under the light. So mm. that's a that's a very big difference. Yeah. Um, so I feel very grateful to be here. And uh, we also have a new friend joining us today. Her name is Dinitra. And I'm just going to introduce her uh, with a quick bio. She is a licensed clinical social worker with 12 years experience in the field of social work and mental health counseling. Mm. Uh, Denitra's therapeutic focus and mission are to restore the entire family unit. Her goal in initiating this change is to start with women. She believes that women who are complete and whole in Christ are are a powerful influence in recreating the family unit back to God's original plan. Amen. She is personally devoted and deeply committed to helping individuals overcome deep emotional roots that lead to sin. Her website is complementandcomplete.com. I I believe it's .com. Uh, Welcome, Denitra. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I said it right. It's complementandcomplete.com. Yes, got it right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get started with our quote of the week, which was provided to us uh, by Denitra. And it is actually a Bible verse. um, And it's quite a doozy. It is from Genesis 3.16. And it said, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Whew. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard truth. <laughs> you got to hit it hard in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. very hard. I mean, first of all, I am uh, 14 weeks pregnant, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're living this one for real. <laughs> Labor is very much in my uh, near future, so. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and uh, just thinking about, you know, the reality that women face being in pain, mm. not only in labor, but also in our mm-hmm. monthly cycles. Mm-hmm. Some women uh, experience it really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, me included. I've always had really painful monthly um, experiences. So 
And I've always come back to this verse thinking about mm. it, just the, the curse that right. um, women have had to bear because of sin. It's just such a painful and uh, regular reminder mm-hmm. of that mm. uh, stat, uh, status of women. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this quote comes right after the fall, right? Yes, um, right. Uh, when uh, this is women's punishment for... Uh, for uh, Sinning. Uh, being tempted by right. the snake, the devil. Right. Yeah, not yeah. only being tempted, but succumbing to it. Succumbing to the temptation, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. an interesting choice, Denitra. Um, yes, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> All right, well, let's get going. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, Tell us why, why this one? Yeah. yeah. Um, because, in, and we're talking about the physical aspect right now, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the cycles and the labor pains and cycles I know all about because I have, like you, I am... I struggle with that too, but I'm going to talk about the, the emotional side of this. What does this mm. really mean? And what, um, can this curse be reversed? Right. Can right. this be changed? And, and I believe that it can be. And I believe that the Lord is taking me through a journey of emotional healing. Um, and I, mm. and I think that because of that curse, because of everything that happened in the garden in the very beginning, women long for men emotionally to meet their needs and men were not designed to be able to fix us emotionally. And so we're kind of under this curse, this wheel within a wheel. Mm. And I just want to talk about how to get from under it, how, how to be the woman that God created you to be. And then also the man's role in this whole thing too. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that. I have uh, several <laughs> Bible verses earmarked in my Bible mm. um, about the man's role amongst things. And it's it's a challenge for me. And Ruth and I struggle in our marriage with uh, communication and, and those kinds of things. But I think, speaking of which, that I just cut you off, Ruth. Please speak. Yeah. No, I, I think it also brings back this uh, whole concept of patriarchy and what it has done to the women and just the whole dynamic of, women looking to the man, but not really getting all the things that we need. And it really comes back to this curse of, you know, being put in that position of being subdued, but not getting your needs met by that, mm-hmm. that position. And that's, that's really mind blowing and also heartbreaking, but also, um, I think it's also illuminating. It helps you kind of understand what's going on and mm-hmm. see that there, this was not the original plan. Right. There was something different. There was a different yeah. dynamic going on before all this happened. Right. And how can we find our way back to that original plan? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there is a, un, unfortunately, because we were subdued and I like how you use that word. By Satan. Now we have to do a hard work of detachment from um, not so uh, well, Satan, yeah, but the things of this world, the expectations that we have, and the um, desire for this man to please us and to do everything for us. And I and I think in this society, it's gotten worse. Uh, mm. We were more submissive as women, you know, years ago, um, mm. but it's never truly been, been balanced. Um, and I believe that God has a certain under, has a certain way that he wants us to look at submission 
And Mm -hmm. I believe that he wants to heal our minds so that we're not pulling on the man to fill our needs, to fill our cup. Um, But he also wants us to focus on who he is and trust in him and lean to him to get all of our needs. And then the question is, well, how do I get my needs met from God? He's not a man. He's not a person. I can't touch him. Well, it's deeper than that, right? It's deeper than someone touching you or being able to tangibly feel uh, something. If it weren't deeper than that, then Jesus wouldn't have died. And so the whole purpose of Jesus dying is so that he could send the comforter and the comforter can do more than just touch. He can actually be inside of us and heal us so that we're not pulling on someone else to meet our needs. And we, and, and we either go to, from one extreme to the other. We either are pulling on the man, wanting him to meet our needs or emotionally, or we're so submissive that he is abusive. Right. So you have societies yeah. where women are fully covered. They can't even barely show their eyes, you know? So mm-hmm. it goes from one extreme to the other. And God has a, a way that he wants, I believe the Lord has a, a, a way that he wants us to look at this and also a way back. That's really beautiful. Hmm. So uh, this seems to touch a, a a core of what you are doing, you know, just reading your um, bio and your work. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Um, so like I was like you said, I'm a social worker. I do counseling. That's pretty much what I do uh, full time. I have a ministry and a practice called Complement and Complete. And it is best definitely based on this whole thing. Now, I didn't think of it that deeply then. Uh, mm. At the time when I put complement and complete together, the purpose of it was to allow Christ to complete you and people to compliment you. Because there's always this thing, people get married. And it just seems like being married is the cap, right? If you get married, you, you're, you, you've won the race, right? If you get married, well, at least for an American westernized culture, you mm-hmm. get married you get the house, you get the kids, you got it all. And um, there there has to be something deeper than that. And so my whole purpose in Compliment and Complete is to, to help the woman to heal emotionally so that Christ compliments you, com- complete, completes you, and people compliment you. These things compliment you, but they don't define and dictate who you are. And um, I have a series of biblical programs, yeah. three and I have um, counseling that I do and also have a journal and different things that I do to help you to connect with the Lord in a deep way, to have a relationship with the Lord, um, something deeper. I was talking to a client last week, a male client, and I'm helping him to work through some things. And he told me in the last session, he said, I didn't really even know who God was before. I'm, I want God to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times we see God as just kind of this being Um, But he really wants to connect with us in a deeper way and fill us and talk to us and have a personal dialogue with us. And he wants us to go back and forth with him. And he wants us to give him those personal things that are inside of us before we give it to other people, before we shoot it out to other people. And and I used to be like that. I used to be very much um, reactive and just negative and frustrated all the time and hard to be around and the Lord really healed me in a whole lot of ways and helped to restore me and heal my trauma from the past. And so I put together these programs because it, it's the journey that I have went on. I don't I don't put anything out there that I haven't done myself or that I am mm-hmm. not doing myself. So it's really just um, me just kind of putting together practical tools based on, you know, 
what the Lord helped me to heal from kind of just putting it in a package to make it easier for someone if they want to work through their emotional struggles and giving them kind of a blueprint and a template. Cause it's like, okay, I know I got struggles, but what am I supposed to do? And so I give you a series of uh, programs and also workbooks and worksheets to help to draw out these negative emotions and help you to work through it with the Lord. Hmm. Thank you. Um, You brought up a a couple of things that um, made me think about the pressures that we face and that, that sense of incompleteness and, and struggle in the way we interact with each other. Um, uh, You said that, uh, you know, there's this pressure to, be married and having that as the zenith, as the like sort of yeah. ultimate uh, goal of human existence, mm. and having that societal pressure on us. And I think you know, being from Africa and also having Asian friends, it's it's such a it's such a pervasive uh, societal pressure. Um, mm. I I know like uh, in China they have like this this. Um, term for any woman who is past 30 that hasn't been married is called like a leftover Mm. uh, person so you you sort of sense get a sense of being discarded if you don't make it to be picked Mm. uh, by a man and to be in matrimony but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happy because there's you know marriage doesn't equate to happiness right but there's this fallacy that we have in society that you need to be married in order to find yourself in order to be meaningful to society and in order to like you know reach that that peak um state as a human being and so when we when we face the reality that that's not the the case um either by you know, not being married by 30 or being married and unhappy. Mm. It, it just, it, it causes a lot of tension and discomfort and internal strife mm. to, to kind of reconcile, you know, the, that, that societal value versus the reality that you're facing as a person. And, and the other thing that it made me think about was, um, you know, how, our upbringing and the traumas that we face are sort of like um, they open the door for us to to have all these uh, emotional turmoils mm. that um, complicate the aspect of being in relationship with someone, yeah. especially in sort of like a marriage um, dynamic. Right. Uh, can you speak more to that? Well, it's interesting that you bring up 30. <laughs> I mean, well, well, I say that because I just turned 40, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I've been all, I guess I've been all made for a long time. So I'm, I'm for, I just turned 40 and for, turning 40 was hard for me. Mm. Um, 30s, I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't too pressed about being married. I, I mean, I wanted to be, but I wasn't struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 20s, I, you know, I've, I wasn't, I'm like, oh, I still got time. You know, I I knew that I had to finish graduate school and all that stuff. And and thirties wasn't, wasn't a big to do. But when I, when I was 39 and six months, Mm. I just started struggling. It's like my whole life flashed before my eyes. And I just was like, Lord, I've, I've really gone forward and, and, and my career and, and, 
doing the things that I establishing my ministry as a woman, but this strong desire is not fulfilled. And, you know, just feeling like, well, maybe it'll never be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it will never happen. Um, am I just an old maid? Am I just going to be an old maid? I mean, just feeling forgotten, all of those struggles, um, desiring and fantasizing to be about being with someone feeling like well, nobody there, is, there are no other options because the more you get connected with the Lord spiritually, it almost seems like it weeds out people even, even more. Oh, big and time. so I just, I just felt like, well, well, dear, how am I going to meet anybody that is working through their roots and understanding deep spiritual things? Plus, you know, the person that I would have met five years ago wouldn't at all be the person that I choose today. You know, right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a meat eater. I'm not going to marry somebody who's a meat eater. They're just I mean, that may seem like a small thing. And but to me, it's, it's, it's a big thing, you know. And so there are just certain standards that I have that are so different. So it, it almost it almost makes it feel like there's only one person in the world that this could be. And I don't know if you ain't got that one person and I guess I'm just going to be single. So I just was just struggling. Plus, you know, like you were saying about the physical issues, as you get older, your hormones change. It's harder to maintain certain things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. menstrual issues get harder to deal with. And it's like, okay, um, I ain't had no kids, (laughs) you know, just struggling Mm -hmm. and struggling. And at every step, I had to work it through with the Lord. And it was a lot of crying, a lot of tears, a lot of working it through. But the capstone that the Lord led me to was surrender. And I, mm-hmm. I, I listened to a lot of Elizabeth Elliot. I love Elizabeth Elliot. And I, I just got into her. I used to listen to her a little bit, but I recently listened to her sermon that she gave on my singleness and my marriage. And in this sermon, she got talked about her husband that she was married to. But before they got married, um, they both she had completely surrendered her life to the Lord. And she was only 26. And back in that time, being not being married at 26 was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And um, she ended up telling the Lord and confessing to the Lord that she surrendered her life to the Lord. And if he didn't want her to be married, if that wasn't his choice, then then that was fine. She would accept whatever the Lord wanted for her. And it was as if the Lord took me through this whole process to lead me to that, um, to just really surrendering and laying down that desire, almost giving it back to him because it's, it's a gift. Nothing that we get is we're not entitled to anything Mm. in this world. We're not entitled to health. We're not entitled to, to, to a wonderful, perfect life. Uh, because unfortunately there's a sin problem that we have to battle with and just kind of giving all of that to the Lord and saying, look, whatever it is that you want with my love life is your choice. And I want you to lead it because if you're not in the lead and I haven't fully given my heart to you in every area of my life, I'm not going to be happy if I got it anyway. You know, it'll be, it'll look good for the meantime, but when the rubber meets the road, I want to make sure that whoever you have decided to put me with, I'm going to be able to really fully love that person sacrificially. And how is it that I can say I can love someone else sacrificially if I have not given my heart and surrendered 
this to, to fully to you. And I had thought it, it was all in my mind, but I hadn't actually said it. And after I heard her sermon, I really gave, I gave it to the Lord. And there was this peace that came over me. Um, it was almost like that was just what he wanted. He needed, you know, and I, I still don't know what's to come of it. Hey, I'm still single, but you know, the, the issue isn't so much of being single anymore. It's not being sad because I'm single. I'm, I'm old maid. I mean, you seeing people get married and I'm not married. I'm seeing people have kids. I'm, I don't have kids. You know, people are having these experiences all around me, but it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm able to be at peace with whatever somebody else has whenever they have it, because I, I wouldn't take an ounce back of how the trajectory of my life, because when you add in trauma, like you were talking about, there was so much trauma in my childhood. And so unfortunately, because, I, the, you know, my parents were, unfortunately, they were not emotionally healed. They didn't know who they were when they got together. And you have these children. You don't have a surrendered life to God. You don't even know who God is. You don't know who you are. And then you have children. And then you bring children up in emotional chaos and dysfunction. And as a result of that, I have to work through, I had to work through all of that. So it was, okay, I can give you someone now a little early, but now you're going to be with somebody in the struggle. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer that? Or would you prefer to just wait and do the work? And so I had to work through a lot of my parents' stuff that unfortunately they didn't work through. So it pushed my getting married out a little longer um, because I don't want to go into a marriage. I know better. When you know better, you do better, right? My parents didn't know better, but I know better. So if I were to have married somebody, it probably could have been worse. Who knows? But I just know that... um, it was a it was a sacrifice of time that I felt like I needed to make with God to really emotionally get myself in a better place because I had so much trauma and a lot of attachment disorder, anxious attachment disorder. And I would have passed that on to somebody. And there's no way you can, you know, this whole your desire will be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. A lot of that has to do with our trauma and our emotional burdens that we have not worked through. And we go and we we have these unresolved expectations that we bring into the marriage and we expect this person to do this and do that. And it's all in our head and they don't know a bit of nothing that we think in. Mm-hmm. And then you're struggling emotionally because they're not able to meet your needs. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord has put me on the path that he's put me in of just waiting for the right person, even though I may not ever have kids. I don't, I don't know what the future holds and I may not even get married. Who knows? But I would have rather, no matter what, have still worked through my emotional struggles. Well, goodness gracious, Denise. I would like to uh, back it up here a little bit. I think we missed our first question that we usually ask. Oh yes, yeah. We're so we're so entangled with you already, Denise. That we that was a heavy verse. Yeah, Yeah, it just like took us (laughs) to the deep end. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure uh, that you know uh, how we define dwellness, but uh, we ask every guest um, how they find their dwellness. Well. 
and look, we about we deep up in here. Dwellness <laughs> to me is all about it's all about surrender. I, I mean, mm. I don't be wanting to cry. I be trying to act like I'm real, like it's okay. You can cry. Non-emotional, <laughs> but when oh. it comes to you're in just, good company there. Being able to just truly surrender your heart to the Lord. You don't know when you know that you've done it, you know that you've done it. Mm. And it took me 40 years to truly say that I've done it. And you, I just don't feel like you can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding mm. until you have truly surrendered every area of your life to where if you die, you die. If you live, you live. It, whatever God, whatever you want. If you want me to go to Africa, cause you know, it's like stuff like that. You don't want to be mm-hmm. surrendered. Like God, I, I, I love you, but you know, just don't send me to Africa in the remote village with people who got thongs on. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I love you, but just don't be doing nothing crazy like that. Like yeah. just to be able to be so surrendered that it just doesn't matter what you do with me. Mm. That to me is true. You know, I was walking down uh, the boardwalk near our house by the river not that long ago, uh, and I was I was talking to the Lord, and I said, you know, I just give it all up to you. And then it occurred to me that it was never mine to give, really, in the first place. But there is that level of surrender, because Amen. we do have free will. Um, and just giving that up and surrendering every aspect of your life, too. Like, Ruth and I are Christians, but we haven't really talked about that much on this podcast. I have been guilty of, of swearing quite a bit, actually, on this podcast <laughs> uh, and just in my general life. Um, and so we're really reaching a point and we're lucky enough to be with each other. Mm. Uh, and I really don't think that I would be in the place that I am spiritually without Ruth. Mm. Um, and so I have a lot to be grateful for. That's a good wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're telling me, hon. <laughs> you preaching the choir on that yeah. one. <laughs> But, uh, and, and, and I, I feel like I've disappointed her in a lot of ways, um, but I'm still growing a lot yeah. uh, and I'm still figuring some stuff out. When, when we met, I was, I was still, you know, I was still in the throes of alcoholism. Mm. That's a real thing that I struggle with yeah. uh, or have struggled with. I'm sober now, thank God. I've gotten some therapy and I've spoken to some people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned on one of our earlier podcasts, I just learned to cry mm. not that long ago. Like, it's okay to do these things. Mm. Uh, and I've been masking my real feelings with anger and humor mm. for most of my life. And I'm, you know, I'm right there with you, Denitra. I'm 39. Uh, and I've, I'm lucky enough to have Ruth and, and my beautiful girls and another one on the way and uh, this podcast and, and, and a lot of other blessings that I, I, really don't deserve. But really the point that I'm getting to is that I'm agreeing with you, Denitra, in that surrender is like the most important thing mm. that you can really do. And it's so freeing and it's so empowering. Mm. Yeah. And you, it seems counterintuitive because, you know, uh, especially for a guy, we, we do, we relate everything to battle, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and when you throw up that white flag, you lost, mm. but really you, you don't. It's the, quite the opposite. You mm. you gain everything right. when you throw up that white flag. And that's what the word says. It says, you know, until you lose your life, you will gain. When you, you lose your life, you will gain it. I don't know what mm-hmm. scripture that is exactly, but I know that it's mm-hmm. in the word. 
And, you know, and also the word says, what good is it to love the, you know, love the, the world, but lose your soul? You know, yeah. so it's like we, we do all these things thinking I like how you said it was never yours to begin with. We have this superficial cloak and think that all these things are really ours. And it's really not. It's really not. And it, and it yeah. really doesn't matter as as much as society says it does, as much as we think it does. In the grand scheme of things, when we get to heaven, we're all going to say heaven was heaven is cheap enough. We're all going to be praising God. We're not going to be thinking about the fact that we didn't get married till we were 40. We're not going to be thinking about the fact that we didn't have kids. We're not going to be thinking about anything we didn't have. We're only going to be thinking about Jesus. So you like, look, you, you need to get, you need to get used to it now and start learning how to praise God now, because that's Mm -hmm. what you're going to be doing in heaven. You're not going to be thinking about all this stuff you didn't have. How much does it really matter? You know, that's so true. Yeah. 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 It, it makes me really think because um, I've been really struggling with that. Um, we're both in our second marriage and we've definitely taken our own, like taken the steering wheel, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of it is, you know, when you you're faced with that childhood trauma, you're constantly trying to um, fight for yourself mm-hmm. yeah. because you you have that sense of being wronged of being robbed yeah. <clears throat> excuse me being robbed of something and so you're just on this path of like i need to get what's mine mm-hmm. and correct this path mm-hmm. when you know for better or worse our parents did what they they could with the skills that they had and that had left us with a huge um workload Mm -hmm. to just repair that and be back in that state of surrender because we didn't have that state of surrender as children so you don't really know how to how to live that as an adult so there was just a lot of like trying to trying to will life to bring you that happiness that you 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 feel like like you were robbed of and I remember even when I was you know Um, just turning 30 and I hadn't had um, a child yet it was a very raw feeling Mm. and you know even turning 30 and you hadn't had a child yet yeah well I hadn't had because I was newly married in my first marriage I see okay and there was no prospect of of having a child and I felt that deep sense of being feeling robbed you Mm. know now I don't have this experience I have all these people in church getting married around the same time as me and you know mm. having baby showers mm. and and inviting me and you just feel that that hole inside of you mm. and and the pain from that feeling that hole just kind of it it compounds into your behavior and you mm. just you you're just so focused on the sense of injustice mm. and um and I think that that's it, it's really profound to be able to like get to that moment of surrender because you're like this wasn't even mine to begin Mm. with none of this was even mine to begin with and yes there was a sense of um being deprived of something but this this thing that i was deprived of is not in my adulthood it really came Mm. from a long time ago and i need to make peace with that so that i can be content with what i have right now right that's so true and that's kind of the same thing 
I, of course, I haven't been married, but it was there's no prospects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At some point, you know, <laughs> no prospects, you know, and, and not only on top of that, you know, I live ain't no black folks around where I live. It mm. just ain't nobody, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it just makes like goodness. Not only is there no marriage, but it ain't nobody that I would yeah. even be remotely even interested in. So that made that adds insult to injury. You know, mm-hmm. you start thinking, well, is it going to be like this for the rest of my life? You know, looking, trying to figure out the future. But the Bible says, give no thought about tomorrow for tomorrow mm-hmm. holds its own worries. We're not supposed to be mm-hmm. sitting up here trying to figure out what's going to be in our future and why we ain't got what we got and all these other things. And the reality is there was so much that I needed to work through a lot a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have more trauma than the average person. Trauma is more normal these days. Everybody want to do all this trauma bonding. It seems like it's just more secularized. But, you mm-hmm. know, really, I had a lot of trauma from my mother and my father. And I would not have wanted to go into a marriage with any of that. And at least I can I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I have mm-hmm. worked through that. And if there is anything, because things come up when you get married, yeah. That you wouldn't necessarily know unless you married the person. Oh, yeah. You know, things come out. And so at least I know the tools and who to go to. I'm not going to be pulling on him to fix me or getting trying to get my needs met from him. I know who to seek. I know how to seek the Lord and I know what type of counseling and who to talk to to resolve mm-hmm. whatever internal emotional conflicts. I didn't have any of those tools. You know, I definitely yeah. didn't have it at 30 and I sure didn't have it at 40 and I didn't even have it at 35. I had it at 35. I was just getting it. And it took yeah. five, six years for me to work through it. And I wish that everybody would have this type of mindset and stop being so rushed to get into mm-hmm. this relationship. Because I've, I have clients that tell me now, had I known what I know when I married this person, I wouldn't have married him. Yeah. Had I been where I am now, uh, I would not have married this person. And now you stuck like Chuck trying to get a buck. You know what I'm saying? You just can't get out of this now. You know, you got to work this thing out. And so that's that's a hard, I, I definitely didn't want to be in that type of situation. And the Lord knows my heart, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that I do have this desire. He knows that you really desire me first. That's the desire of our heart. That's the first commandment. You know, mm-hmm. the first commandment is thou shalt not put any gods before me. Really what we're doing when we're desiring this man and get one one this man to fulfill all of our needs, we're we're putting we're making him a God. And mm-hmm. he takes up the spot that God is supposed to take. And sometimes he takes up a spot in different ways. You know, sometimes he takes up a spot in our heart with us wanting to go to him to be our counselor, with him us wanting to just just so many different things that we think the man can fulfill, which really he don't know how to do it and he don't want to do it. OK, I'll let you in on a secret. <laughs> <They're> right. <laughs> Men don't want to be our counselors. They are fixers, but they're, oh, we suck at it anyway. It, right. We, you don't want saying. us to be your counselor. They're, they're, <laughs> they're fixers physically, but they are not fixers emotionally. And mm-hmm. and and well, they want to be, you know, they want to be the savior. They want to be the hero. That, that's the thing too. Like, uh, Ruth and I have had this conversation a few times where, where she just wants me to listen to her 
and I just want to solve all the problems and I want right. to fix everything. I want to be the fixer. So I'm just kind of like, okay, we'll get to the point so that I can solve the problem. Right. Already. And she's like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And we don't understand that really we shouldn't be even giving him that burden in the first place. I'm not saying you, you can't that? talk to you. <laughs> 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 I'm not saying you can't talk to your spouse. And there's, there are levels to this thing, right? So somebody mm-hmm, who's, been, are. There's somebody who's been married one year in, I would not be going to him with all my emotional struggles because he don't know. And we still meshing and weaving and cleaving. And he been done try to ha- he been done try to fix the issue. And, and I'm really just trying to talk women. Most of the time, 99 percent of the time, we just talking. Yeah. So half the time, yeah. the issue is already fixed or we already mm-hmm. know what we're going to do. We just want to talk. And just want to talk it out. Right. right. <laughs> and learning who to talk to, learning how to talk to this man. That's mm-hmm. going to make him feel at ease because men, the first time, as soon as they hear there's a burden on our heart, they feel grieved. It mm-hmm. grieves them and they just want to fix it, you know. And if you come yeah. to them with all your struggles all the time, it starts to make him feel weighed down, you know. And being able to understand how to be outward focused to this man. And I did not know any of that any mm. of that and i am a talker so if yeah, i'd have no been kidding. married <laughs> if i'd have <laughs> been married you know five ten years ago it just would have been a struggle it would have been a struggle yeah. i, I, I think his ears might have fallen off he, yeah they would have because I'm, I'm yeah. tough i am tough i can talk yeah. and i'm strong yeah okay yeah i can tell and you know societally i blame things like you know i, I mean these are all like machinations of the devil in trying to confuse us Mm -hmm. in how we need to complement one another. But things like romanticism have really distorted what dynamic we need to have as man and woman or Mm. as partners, because, you know, this whole like you will take everything and take all of my problems and fix me from my poverty, Mm -hmm. a la Cinderella, you know, and and. And, you know, we'll all live happily ever after is is just such a fallacy. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a it's a distortion of what it really means to be equally yoked, to be partners, to be um, able to rely on one another. It's it's a it's a gradual step by step process. And it's also uh, restraint in understanding this isn't what this person is meant to do for me, or maybe they can learn to provide for me in certain ways, but that takes a little bit more time and understanding. And we just kind of have this because society has told us that, you know, it just clicks and it'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> love at first sight. Once the wedding happens, it's a happily ever after. Right. Like right. Western, we were talking a little bit about global uh like what happens in Africa and Asia, but in the Western society too, like every romantic comedy ends with a wedding. Yeah. And like, that's the happy mm, ending, that's so true. but that's like the start right. of what really, like that's when the work sets in, right. like after the honeymoon, you have to wake up next to this person every day yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and, and, and deal with all their trauma as well as yours. Mm. And like, how do you even do that? Right. Like, yeah. Ruth and I have been struggling with this mm-hmm. uh, because we both have childhood trauma and I ignored mine for 20 years with, with, alcohol and humor and anger uh, and so I'm just now starting to peel the onion mm-hmm. and I wish Denitra that I had had the foresight to do the work that you have done mm-hmm. so that I would be a better partner to her today 
yeah. uh, and not have hurt her so many times yeah. uh, in the first couple of years of our marriage. But I really think that we're turning a corner mm-hmm. yeah, and that, uh, that uh, with, with the focus uh, that we've shifted from the earthly things to the godly things, yeah. um, that, uh, that we've never been stronger. Yeah. 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 You mentioned something about root work, and I think that that's, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. what we're touching on is that, you know, we all have roots that we need to work through or deal with. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Right. So when I was about 30-ish, uh, the Lord started showing me, helped me to get a, a deeper understanding as I was getting counseling through mm-hmm. roots that I was struggling with. And I had actually met someone in my 30s. And we were supposed to go forward in a marriage and he was so scared because of his issues that he just wasn't able to really go forward. But as a result of him being so emotionally withdrawn, cause he was so fearful, I was triggered emotionally and it felt like a lot of abandonment and mm. the Lord started working with me through my abandonment and rejection issues from my father. So really it pulled up all my roots from my dad and my mom too. And then I had to deal with this because I wasn't going to keep going back to him saying, well, you're not doing this. You're not calling me. You're not doing this and you're not doing that uh, because that wouldn't have worked. Right. So I started every time I started to feel frustrated or negative, I would take it to the Lord and really start asking him to reveal where this was coming from. And the Lord started going back with me from the rejection from my father. And these things that were triggering me now in the, in the present that really had to do with the rejection from my dad, my dad walked out on the family, cheated on my mother, married someone from another country. And he Mm. left the whole family. In addition Mm. to that, he had um, some sexual addictions that he had struggled with really for a very long time that, that affected the entire family. And so it was was several different things that had happened in the family unit and it was just dismantled. And I didn't really start to realize how much of an effect that had on me until I got in my twenties. You know, I was had a very hard time getting along with people hard to get. I'm already a strong person. That's my personality. I have dealt with that because I, you know, People say people may look at me and say, oh, you're such a strong person, but you don't realize how much of a grievance that used to be. Even to hear somebody mm-hmm. say that would be, would make me feel sad because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I used to always like nice people. And why couldn't I just be one of them nice, quiet people? Like why you had to make me yeah. like this? I felt like I was cursed because mm-hmm. I'm I, you know, if, if something needs to be said, even if I feel uncomfortable, I'll say it. I'll be the one in the class that raises my hand. Everybody don't say nothing, and I will say it. I don't have no. Denitra, <laughs> you remind me of me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't. It's grievous. It used to be yeah. so grievous. Oh, yeah. I hated yeah. my personality. I've been trying to be a nice guy for so long, but <laughs> it always just comes out too. mean or yeah. like, well, I'm trying to be nice. I'm telling you the truth, but it, it doesn't work. And that's how it used you know? to come out. That's how it used yeah, to come out. Yeah. It used to just be mean, say what you got to say. If it hurts mm-hmm. your feelings, oh, well, at least you hurt. You know what I mean? All these yeah. things. And the Lord mm-hmm. had to, um, you know, just a wild animal. You know, I needed to mm-hmm. be tamed. And the Lord had to take me through those roots because I wasn't taught how to how to communicate with people. You know, my parents were both strong people and they didn't say that's not nice. 
that. I mean, they would. They did their best. But as far as deeply knowing how to communicate with people, they didn't know how to really do it either. So you modeling mm-hmm. what you saw. And so the mm-hmm. Lord really had to work with me through these deep embedded root issues that are emotional. They're, tra- they're, they're based on tradition. They're based on cultural norms. They're based on society. You had to break, you had to walk, you know, they're based on, there's certain ways that black folks act. And the yep. Lord had walked me through and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You know what he did? He sent me with some white folks to live with them on their property for two years. <laughs> All white people. Yeah. I was the only black girl. And, mm. and it tamed me so much to see how these white women communicate with one another. Mm. Because black women, we could be caught cutthroat. You say how it is, and we, we, we don't care if we hurt each other's feelings. We don't care mm. if we're critical. We can be mean and negative, and it's not all of us. There are exceptions. But when you have been living like that, that paradigm, that's not how everybody communicates. And you know what? It's not okay. Yeah. You need to watch how you come across to people. And I had to live with these women on their property and it tamed me so much. It's just the things that the Lord had to put in place over the last six years to really get me to a place of complete surrender to where I actually mm-hmm. not only do I feel bad and I don't even want to communicate with people in a negative way. But, you know, what? you can still be a strong person. You can appreciate the personality that I gave you, but you can also have a spirit of surrender, of humility, and of meekness. All of it can come together. Yeah. And it comes together with the Holy Spirit. I mean, Amen. all those gifts are all about our behavior, yes. our personality, meekness, gentleness, yes. kindness. You know, th- these are things that every personality yes. needs to embody Amen. with the submission of uh, to the Holy Spirit. You're looking right at me when you say that. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm thinking about that too. And, and you know, I, I, I resonate with that like combativeness because it is that nine-year-old me wanting to stand up for myself mm. that would come out in a combative spirit as an adult. So learning to just quiet that, that child, inner child down and be like, hey, you don't need to be like that. And you can learn this uh, other way of being and surrender uh, so that you can actually bear fruit, bear good fruit that leads you to have positive interactions with people. Right. This is something that is available to all of us. Amen. Yes, there are the fruits of the spirit, which comes from good roots, but then there are these negative attributes that we have. And, you Mm -hmm. know, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm a Christian and I want to have the fruits of the spirit. But if you have so much trauma and emotional pain and issues, how do you act like that? And that was my struggle. I'm like, I have, I want Jesus all the way, Mm -hmm. but I'm still angry. I'm still frustrated. I'm still negative. How do I overcome that? And, you know, all the pastors that I heard, they just say, you need to have an experience with Jesus. Okay. But what does that mean? And really what it means is allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse us in a different, in a way that we cooperate with him. And he takes us back and he works us through all those years of trauma and helps to give us the right understanding. Because when he gives us the right understanding, we'll be able to download new pathways of thinking that help us to act like him. It's a whole pattern and a reframing of the mind that Jesus has to do with us. It's not just, oh, I believe in Jesus and I forgive, forgive me for all my sin. Yes, we do. The the Holy Spirit does cover us and he gives us grace, but he still wants us to work it through. That's Mm -hmm. true. 
work. <laughs> can we, you mentioned your anger too. Can we talk about anger for a little bit? We can. And how, um, how we get past this, how we share our anger in a healthy way and what, like, just what do you do with your anger? Well, I can say one thing as for men and d- women have different anger. Uh, it anger hits differently for men. A lot of men struggle with anger. And the reason why a lot of men struggle with anger is because they are primarily left brain and anger is the only emotion in left brain. And they have not been nurtured by their mothers to know how to swing from left brain to right brain. That's why you were saying that, you know, I'm just now learning it's okay to cry. Because a man who who says that you're not the only man I've heard say that, but a man who has said that is because he doesn't, he's never been taught how to be nurtured. He's never been nurtured. So he doesn't know how to express himself emotionally. And if you don't know how to express yourself emotionally, you're almost locked in your left brain hemisphere. And the Lord has to teach us how to express ourselves emotionally so that we're able to say how we feel. Because when you're locked in your left brain hemisphere, what happens is you're locked in your subconscious part of your brain, which is where the amygdala is stored. And the amygdala is all, holds all of our negative responses. So when we're able to say, you know what, I'm feeling frustrated right now because such and such and such, or I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling sad. What it does is it, it takes you from downstairs to upstairs, from the downstairs part of the brain, the limbic system to the upstairs part of the brain, which is the, um, the, which is the prefrontal cortex. And when you, those neural transmitters go from downstairs to upstairs, it helps you to think and react and respond emotionally. So that's why working through your roots works because it helps you to identify your feelings. And that's the struggle. That's why we get locked in this left brain anger cycle, because we don't know Mm. what emotions are or how to even identify them. But when you identify them, you'll be able to respond rationally. Awesome. And uh, the journal that you have coming out soon. Can we talk more about that? How, where, how do we use that to find our roots? Well, the to, journal, to deal with our roots, the journal is an eight part journal and it's based on the sanctuary. So the sanctuary was built in the old Testament and people tend, think, tend to think that, Oh, that's just old Testament. No, the sanctuary is all throughout the Bible and we need to study it. We need to understand because it's the plan of salvation. And so this journal is based on the sanctuary and it's eight parts because there were it's eight parts because there's a free writing section. But really, there's seven parts in the sanctuary and it starts at the court. And that's what Jesus did. He had to come from the most holy place because there's a sanctuary in heaven. He had to come from the most holy place, the sanctuary in heaven down and he had to get leave the gate. He had to leave the court. He had to come and he had to rescue his people. And so that is a that that's a real thing in heaven, but it's also a metaphor for the plan of salvation. He came and he rescued his people because his desire is to get us back to the most holy place. In this journal, each part, each section in the sanctuary means something. And so there's a part in each section of this journal that has prompts to help you to identify with the Holy Spirit. For the for instance, the the first section in the journal is the gate. Well, the gate really means praise. We don't just praise through music. We praise God for who he is, for his attributes. 
for what he's done for us. We're grateful, thankful. So there are prompts in there for you to be able to give praise to God. The next section is the altar of sacrifice. So in that section, there are prompts in there to help you to lay down whatever it is you may be struggling with. There, maybe there's a particular situation you're battling with where there's prompts in there to help you to be able to write it out, to write out your feelings, your thoughts, your behaviors, and be able to lay, fully surrender that to the Lord. The third part is the cleansing. Well, the cleansing is all about once you've laid down your life for the Lord, once you've praised God, now you want to start to ask him to put in new thoughts. So you want to start. So in this section, you write, you write out some of the negative thoughts you're feeling, and then you write out what God says. So you look up scriptures and all each section has prompts to help you to do certain things in that section. It's almost like I'm walking you through how you should communicate, yeah, not how you should, but how to communicate with the Lord in the sanctuary. And so you're going to be writing out negative thoughts and feelings. And then I give you scriptures to help you to counter those negative thoughts. So maybe you feel like you're not chosen. Well, I have a whole list of scriptures where you are chosen by God. You were created in your mother's womb, right? So that, that may, may be one of them, Jeremiah. The next section is the table of showbread which is all about digesting the word of God. And in this section, there are uh, Bible study prompts. So you'll be, you'll get templates on how to start, do a topical study, a word study, a character study. The other set, the next section after that, which is section five is the um, seven branch candlestick. And in that section, we're kind of doing more Bible studies so you can do your own. It has like several different Bible study templates, and that's the verse mapping template. And you can pick a scripture and verse map it. Section six is the altar of sacrifice, and that's where you would be praying for others. So there are prayer prompts in there for you to pray for others. And section seven is the most holy place, and that's when you'll be able to get pray. You'll have prayer prompts there to write out your deeper roots, your deeper motives. So it's a very deep journal. You probably didn't mm. expect me to say all of that, but it's <laughs> no, very, okay. it's very thorough. It's not like any journal that you will ever have. It's not just you writing down and walking you through each section. And it also comes with a prayer guide because some people don't know what to say at certain sections. So I give you an actual prayer guide. Hey, you don't have to pray exactly what's on a prayer guide. Some people feel uncomfortable with that, but it's just a template and outline because some people don't know what to say. So I give you a, a praise a prayer and, and kind of what that looks like and walk you through each section. So you can use it in tandem with the journal. Awesome. It sounds like you're, you know, there's that saying, uh, uh, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Mm. Most journals, I think, do that. Mm. But you're really teaching people how to fish for yes. themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and have a long lasting relationship with not only the scripture, but with, you know. God and the yes and Jesus and the Trinity, the Trinity, which is right. the whole reason why Compliment and Complete is what it is, is to teach you how to have mm. a personal relationship with the Lord for yourself, and how to not just go to God and read your Bible, but actually feel God, actually communicate with God, hear His voice. That is mm -hmm. the purpose of CNC, and that is my that's my desire on this earth. Right? If I don't accomplish nothing. I at least want to say that I help somebody to grow closer in their relationship with the Lord. Um, that that's that's why I was created. Yeah. Mm. Amen. And it is a really lovely community. I am part of the WhatsApp group and I can't wait to get my journal. And, 
you know, the big part of all this is that healing is possible. Mm-hmm. Being complete is possible. Mm-hmm. And I know being in the throes of like um, uh, mental illness and, and mental uh, struggles, you sort of feel like you'll always be this mm-hmm. way. You always have these sorts of struggles. But there is um, a pathway where you can get to a more complete state mm-hmm. and connecting with your um, your spiritual side and yeah. going back to God is mm-hmm. is really, you know, I, I testify that that is a solid path yeah. and, and the solid path. Um, and, take it if you will. And, and yeah. unfortunately, the church has done yeah. a disservice to people yeah. because we tell people you're going to be a sinner. You're always going to be a sinner. Mm. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like an excuse true. or a scapegoat. Right. Yeah. And, and people yeah. say that, well, I'm, I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. And you know yeah, what? The, the devil made me do it. <laughs> right. And you know, the Bible says, be ye perfect because my father is perfect. And so God mm. would not give us that. Um, when I make that statement and that declaration, if it wasn't something that was possible. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at look, that at, point. look at what happened with Enoch, too. Just yeah, really I always Amen. think of Enoch. And Elijah. Yeah. yeah. And Elijah. Yeah. yeah. Good point. I always wonder what they're up to right yeah. now. <laughs> they're like, y'all can do it. They root for us. It's possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we are running out of time and we wanted to hit you with three quick questions that we ask everybody. Yes. What is one domestic task uh, yeah, you either course. enjoy... And or and or do really well. So we're getting back to Domestic the, the, the dwelling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, love, love to cook. I love to cook. I, I had a feeling you were going to say that, honestly. Yeah. You seem like a good cook. Yeah, I, I think I could throw down. You know what I'm saying? I, All right. I, I mean, hey, everybody different. They taste buds different. But I've had people tell me it tastes good. I haven't had a whole lot of it don't taste right. So... I love right, what's well, one of what's, your specialties? I I, I'm sure thing. you have a few. <laughs> I'm a vegan cook, so I I love to I love to make uh, the vegan cheese sauces. So I have oh, a certain like cheese a... sauce that I make mac and cheese, all the different all the different gooey stuff. I like to make that, and I like to make it healthy. I'm not a junk food eater, so my goal is to make it taste good and comforting, but also healthy. Um, so I use a lot of coconut milk nutritional yeast i do sprouting also um but i like the i like the um i like the cheesy dishes like uh mac and cheese um potatoes anything with potatoes i feel like potatoes kind of make the world go round i don't don't know but french fries i have such a huge potato Uh, craving with this pregnancy oh my goodness she's not lying it's like every meal and i got potato (laughs) I'm not pregnant and I have <laughs> potato cravings, so I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what's wrong with me, but yeah, something with it. Anything, anything with potatoes in it, I, I, I love. So I, mm, I love awesome. potatoes. But there are so many other things I like to cook. But if I had to pick, some I, I hear you on potatoes for sure. Uh, you want to ask her the second question? I'll wrap it up. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is so I, I, I do like sci-fi. Um, and uh, Star Trek is one of the, the shows that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so this question is around is based on that. Let's pretend we were in Star Trek world. Okay. Uh, so you're a Starfleet officer and you're about to go on a mission for an indefinite period of time. And you can only take three personal items. Uh, what would they be? 
I mean, I feel like I, I definitely gonna take my Bible. <laughs> that, that's that's it. That we, ain't, we ain't bringing nothing else but yeah. that. <laughs> um, but the other two items. I mean, is clo- do you already got clothes on? Yeah, you've got the start. Oh, the so yeah, but like, you can uniform. you can bring something. Yeah, you can bring no. something that's like super personal, like you know, an outfit. None of that would be would would matter. Can I bring my dog? Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I Molly, Molly Sue, so Molly Sue would have to be part of this uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my Bible and I can't think of anything else that would matter. Mm. Maybe a journal. Okay, and my journal. There you go. Yeah, a refuge yeah. journal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. that's good. That's packing light, <laughs> except for what Molly Sue needs. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure she'll need yeah, a bunch she needs of stuff. Her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, you want to ask the last one? Yeah, finally, uh, we like to ask everybody: What is one thing that can instantly make your day better? Uh, worship, morning mm. worship, just worship all throughout the day i i mean if i got that nothing else really matters that's true well there's no better way to end today's episode i don't think yeah that was beautiful and you're a talker too so i I imagine you walking around your house with the dog just talking to Jesus all day. I long. really do. Either. <laughs> I'm trying to not talk and not talk to myself. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. why did I do that? I'm like, Lord, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> but when you ain't got it's nobody okay. else, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking to the Lord, Molly or myself. Oh, I feel you. I talk to my plants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. I give them kisses. Oh, I do. I give my so plants kisses. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I hear they respond to that affection. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I heard too. And look, they seem to be happy. They're so happy. So very green, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Denitra, it has been a real pleasure. Thank Aww. you for taking this time with us mm-hmm. today. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation, and y'all have a blessed, blessed day. You as well. You as well. Bye. Catch Thank up soon. you. All right. Bye bye. The Dwellness Podcast is produced by Steinmetz and recorded at Dial Studio at Hula. Our audio and video production is handled by Syntax and Motion. Our audio engineers are Wesley Davis and Will Davis. Our show producer is Will Davis. Intro music is by Sam Barsh and outro by Ian Koloski. Artwork and promotions by Snicket's Public Relations. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Steinmetz-BT. Or you can sign up for our newsletter and get insights into our lives at our website, steinmetz-vt.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.